Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu anusalli ala Rasulihi al-Kareem abnabad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. And we seek blessings on the Prophet, may peace be upon him. So continuing our exploration of, of, the, um, of the first part of Surah 2, we are now getting to the second uh, character or a second attribute of belief and rejection. So let me um, oh, uh, just unplug it one second. So this works, yeah. Let me um, give you some some more detail on the the character types we are looking at in this in this beginning. And so some of this is just review, but so we said that Ayas. Two, 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 uh, uh, sorry, two. Let's make this more neat. Two through twenty are models of belief and rejection. And so we've already covered type one, which is the people of Taqwa, which is ayahs two through five. And now we are doing Guf, which is ayahs six through seven. And then we'll be doing Nifaq. And we'll be defining all of these as we go through them. And then, and then last, we have metaphors of the above. So we've done this. <laughs> now we're going to go through and and so so first some 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 definitions. The linguistic meaning of kufr. is to cover. Okay. So it, re it relates to agriculture. Imagine you take a seed, bury it in the ground, and then you cover it up with soil. That would be, that would be what we speak of when we speak of kufr. Okay. Now, another point to think about, in the Quranic lens, it is not the same as non-Muslim. So in the lens of Islamic law, it is the same as someone who is not a Muslim. Now, what's the difference between the Quran and Islamic law? Islamic law is only focused on externals. It's not focused on what's going on in your heart. The Quran, however, is speaking about, speaking about the entire person. So it includes what is the public perception you're giving? What are your physical actions? and what is taking place in your heart. So in the Quranic lens, <coughs> you are in a state of kufr if you feel compelled to turn to Allah and you suppress that compulsion. Okay. 
So that compulsion could be coming from someone who's calling you to God, or it could be coming from your own personal reflection. Let's say you're literally just driving down the street and you start thinking, okay, there's a bigger picture than all this. And then you start thinking, well, maybe there's a creator and then you feel compelled to turn to a creator, but then you suppress it. That would be kufr. And so, so kufr is you suppress an inner compulsion to turn to God. So why is this not synonymous with being a non-Muslim? Because a non-Muslim may have that, that inner compulsion. I mean, a non-Muslim may not have that inner compulsion. Likewise, a Muslim might also be a kafir. And that we'll get into in terms of the next category, because nifaq, as we'll discuss uh, when we get to it, is hypocrisy. And it's basically someone who is Muslim on the outside. And then is in kufr on the inside. So, so what is the very important thing to know for our purposes is that just because someone is a non-Muslim in the Quranic lens, it does not make them someone who is in a condition of kufr. Now, what else do we have? A couple other terms. We have kufr, we have kafir, we have kufar, and then we have kafirun. So kufr is the condition is to be in a condition of suppressing your internal compulsion to turn to God. A kafir is one who suppresses, or we can say rejects their compulsion to turn to Allah. Kufar and kafirun are basically plurals, so plural of kafir. Kafirun would be the general plural of kafir. Kufar is sort of a type of plural meaning many. Okay. So it's almost like a super plural. Now, making this point further, <laughs> that a kafir is not necessarily the same as a non-Muslim in the Quranic context, we have a teaching attributed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, where he says that if you call someone a kafir, one of you is definitely a kafir. And so how is that understood? That if you're calling someone a kafir and they're not, you're risking identifying yourself or getting yourself labeled as a kafir. So this is a very, very heavy word not to be tossed around uh, uh, you know, just referring to people here and there. Okay, and then like I said, we will get into nifaq when, uh, when we get to it. Let's take a look at the ayahs themselves. The, the, the challenge of these particular ayahs, for some reason, the translations are always a little bit too simplistic.
simplistic uh, for, for our purposes. But as is the case always, we'll, we'll go through these in detail. So IS 6 and 7 is our target. So these, uh, these two IS right here. So the literal translation here says, indeed, those who believe. Literally, it would be, indeed, 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 those who have rejected, those who have suppressed their compulsion. This is past tense, plural. So this gives the impression that it's, it's present, but it'll make sense as we go through this. Indeed, 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 those who have rejected, it is the same for them whether you, you is primarily the prophet, peace be upon him, or anyone who is calling them to God. It is the same for them whether you warn them or you do not warn them. They do not and they will not believe. Allah has put a seal. Allah has sealed their hearts and their hearing. And on their sight is a veil. And for them is a painful punishment or is a horrendous doom. So, as for those who have rejected, it's the same to them, whether you warn them or do not warn them, they do not, will not believe. Allah has put a seal on their hearts and on their hearing and on their sight a veil, and for them is a horrendous doom. Okay, so, so a couple fun things to talk about in this ayah. First, uh, imagine you were introducing Islam to people. Yeah. So I've given literally thousands of lectures introducing Islam. Imagine you're introducing Islam to people you're probably going to talk only about nice things, happy things. Allah is so merciful. The Prophet, peace be upon him, is so wonderful, so forth and so on. Yet the Quran, literally on page two, page three, is already talking about kafirs and doom. Good. So literally right, uh, right after that, he is speaking about hypocrites and liars and, and such. So one point to take from this is that we're talking about serious, serious things. We're talking about life itself. And so, so right from the start, even though page one was all mercy, Surat al-Fatiha was all mercy, and then the people of Taqwa was all wonderful, happy things about them. Now we're getting into stuff that is also equally serious, sort of like the dark side of, of, uh, of humanity, so to speak. Then we have a couple points. Uh, we're going to explore this role of the heart. You know, what is the relationship between hearing and sight? What is the relationship between hearing and sight with the heart? That's a point to also start thinking about. But let's get first into the funnest part of the discussion. And it's probably easier if I write it out. So let's go right here. Okay. So I got another color so we can all feel really happy. Okay, IS6. It says they spelled E wrong. They have rejected. IS7 says Allah seal them off. So here's the question, and, and those of you who, I hope you had a really big iftar and a big suhoor, uh, because you're going to use some brain power today. Imagine there's a word at the beginning of this second ayah, and is that word because 
or is that word therefore? So they have rejected because Allah sealed them off or they have rejected therefore Allah sealed them off. So what is this? This is the question of free will versus predestination. So feel free to chime in. Seems like people have already chimed in. Okay, Dominion has chimed in by saying great. Okay. Thank Therefore. You. Therefore. Why? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Team Hanin, why are you saying therefore? <laughs> um, they have rejected. Therefore, Allah sealed them off. Because you mentioned earlier, uh, was the it was the way you you read number six. Uh -huh. It just may, and I, it does, I think it does go both ways as well. It could be both ways because Allah, it, it could be because and therefore. Hey, now, now you're chicken out. Take a stand. No, no, no. I think they work into, in, they're intertwined. Oh, she's off my team. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still, I don't know. I just, therefore just made more sense to me. Okay. Okay. So you're basically saying they rejected. So in response, then Allah seals them off. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Dominion, what do you say? Um, I'm saying therefore. Wow. Uh, so I, so okay, so uh, a, a bit of a long response. I, I was reading the Quran today and yeah, came across great. the Moses, uh, Moses story. And one of the verses says Moses continued uh, saying, Lord of the East and the West and everything between them, if you would have only used your reason, right? In which case, this is a response to those in around the prophet that's saying like, where's the signs, where's the angels, right? Just use your reason. But then Moses uses signs because mm -hmm. Moses, well, Pharaoh's, uh, yeah, Moses uses signs. He tossed down his staff, it turns into mm -hmm. a snake, and it eats the snake. Mm -hmm. Okay, when God says, use your reason, right? I'm thinking, okay, well, signs don't work. Why? Because the people say, like, well, this guy's a sorcerer. Fair point. But then Moses uses signs. And moreover, yeah. the sorcerers that went against him, they were convinced by the signs. So I'm thinking that some signs work, some signs don't. Um, all right. Now, is it therefore this, the science thing made me think that, uh, okay, how does belief operate? Is it, is it convinced by science or not? Uh, maybe, or is belief predetermined? I don't know. One, one reason why I think it is therefore is because God is sending down messages. Okay. Why are you sending down messages okay. if, if their hearts are already sealed? Okay. Okay, so using the logic, we're basically saying, all right, if uh, Allah has already predetermined, then what's the point of sending out messages? What's the point of appointing messengers? Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Summer says both, and Muhammad says both. Someone else is speaking. Oh, someone is speaking. Yeah, go for it. I'm reading on both. Yeah, I think, therefore, because I do believe that there's free will and there's freedom for people to make those choices, I think that because is out of the context of time. I think okay. it's embedded in Allah's knowledge that his knowledge precedes any action that they do. Okay, uh, okay. So, so you're saying, therefore, if we look from this worldly sense uh, uh, of physics and time and space, if we're looking from like some grander picture, everything's already written? Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. So Ruby, the question is basically, if you look at uh, the, the screen, IS 6 begins by saying they have rejected. IS 7 says Allah seal them, and, and meaning seal them off. 
And so I'm asking if we insert a word at the beginning of Ayah 7, would it be because or therefore? They have rejected because Allah Silamah, or they have rejected therefore Allah Silamah. Right, anyone else? Anyone else want to venture an opinion which will be held against you for the rest of your life? I, I think our team won, just to say it. <laughs> anyone else? It's therefore because we're giving so many chances for repentance. Ah, okay, so repentance, uh, I'm making the choice for repentance. Therefore, I'm making a choice. So we're saying, therefore, uh, Allah Ta'ala would then, in theory, open up my heart as well. Good. Anyone else? Also, I think it's therefore, because we're given, like, that, um, Dominic? Dominion, sorry. Dominion said, because we're given so many signs, but we're also given given so many lessons that are common sense lessons and because of the metaphors. What about the metaphors? What do you mean? What about the like you examples. Like examples. Oh, okay, okay, just as lessons. Okay. Examples, yeah. And I think it's also therefore because of what we talked about in um regarding the people of Taqwa. Okay. Okay. Anyone else, all you people who are hiding behind, you know, silent screens, anyone else want to jump in? Or remain silent. I mean, I could see an argument for because, but okay, and give your argument for because. Uh, I don't want to do that. I'm on the team, therefore. Okay, well, here's here's an issue. Uh, so, does Allah know all? Easy question. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Does Allah, Larry Rope does, does Allah control all? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he does. Okay. If Allah, if we say Allah knows all, but he doesn't control all, he already knows who's going to go to heaven and hell. Okay. If we say Allah controls all, then he's deciding who goes to heaven or hell. Isn't that what we're saying? If Allah controls all. Because even think of, for example, the definition of the word Rabb. Way back when we were discussing the first surah, you know, Rabb, which is sometimes translated as Lord. Anybody remember the full definition? Sylvester, I know you, I know you remember the full definition. You want to give it to us? Uh, sure, it's the one that it's the one that creates and then nurtures you to the state where you have to be in your own unique way. Yeah, close enough. Okay, so the one who takes you from immaturity to maturity according to your unique design. And so we're saying Allah Ta'ala is taking everything, every person, every subatomic particle, every galaxy, if there is more than one universe, every universe from immaturity to maturity according to its unique design. So not just you, but even every single air particle around you. So we're saying he controls everything. Okay. So let's add more to this. So IS-6 is basically, seems to be perhaps arguing free will. IS-7 is perhaps arguing predestination. So, so from a free will perspective, uh, 
And from a predestination perspective, destination perspective, first in this world, the dunya, we're saying, I am making choices. With the core choices in this context being to believe, to not to believe, to obey, to not obey. And, and what does it mean if I am predestined? So I am being Allah's will. Right? I'm the manifestation of Allah's will. Now, how does it play out in the afterlife on the day of judgment? It means the day of judgment is a day of justice. I will get what I earn or better. Okay, so in Teklu Sunni and Shia thought, in the day of judgment, you're going to either get exactly what you earn or you're going to get better, if Allah wills to give you mercy. You're not going to get less than what you earn. And uh, what is the day of judgment if it's predestination? Because justice doesn't seem to apply. Because if Allah is controlling things, then how would it be just for me to, you know, to go to heaven or hell? Wouldn't that be just not required then? I mean, it just seems like... But we believe in a day of judgment, and we believe Allah controls all. I have a question. Yes. So does that mean Allah knows all, but it doesn't? He doesn't control all? Well, we're saying in, in our belief system, he knows all and he controls all. And he controls all? And he controls all, yes. Stay on the team. <laughs> okay, then it becomes, uh, rather than a day of justice, it becomes a day of mercy. Mercy to whomever Allah wills to give mercy. Which is where I'm saying, or better, that essentially means does he choose to give me mercy better than what I have earned? Okay. okay, but does this make sense so far? Correct. If we're looking from the perspective that I have choice, then on the day of judgment, I'm going to see justice. I'm going to see that I get whatever I earn or better. And I also have to pay whatever I have to pay. If it's everything's pre-written in the day of judgment, like this world is just going to be, you know, however much or little mercy Allah wills to give me. If we understand that part so far, then one big lesson we understand is that Allah Ta'ala has the freedom to give me whatever he wants. withhold. No, wait, it's two H's. Right? This is part of Allah's authority. His freedom is to give me a salary this much and to give you a salary this much and to give the next person nothing whatsoever. Right? That's We already see that manifest in the world. That he gives different people different amounts of wealth and sometimes the way it plays out is by determining where and what family is a person going to be born. Okay. So this is one point to at least accept about Allah's will, that he has the freedom to give and to withhold 
however much to whomever. But let's add even more to this. Let's mix up freedom, uh, free will and predestination. Let's say we have two twins, twin one, twin two, okay? And let's say their whole lives, twin one and twin two, have behaved exactly the same way on everything. I have these two friends, this is real, uh, these two guys who are twins, and they're so identical that on every single test score from high school all the way through to college, they had the exact same scores, uh, their test scores. So SAT, PSAT, all that stuff. Uh, eventually, however, one became a doctor, one became a lawyer. But uh, if those two were standing in front of me, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. And I've known them for, for like 30 years. Good. So let's say we have these two twins <laughs> and they have exactly, they've lived exactly the, the same their whole lives, whether it's out of choice, out of predestination. And so it would follow that potentially they would have the exact same result on the day of judgment. Yeah? So far so good? Okay. Or just somebody, somebody somewhere type a yes. Okay. With some of your noddings, which is nice. All right. Now let's say along comes someone uh, asking for help. To each of them. One person goes to twin number one and an identical looking person goes to twin number two. And twin number one gives this person, let's say, five dollars. Twin number two gives his person, I'm saying they're men, five dollars. Okay, so everything's still the same. But something plays out differently in the results that this person takes the $5, you know, the guy who received the $5 takes the $5 and then buys food with it, okay? And now he's nourished. So twin one is getting rewarded for that, okay? Now twin two was actually so impressed, or I'm seeing, so in the case of twin two, that person's uh, asker, I don't wanna say the term beggar, uh, that person's asker, uh, was so impressed that that person used 250 for food. And then with the other 250, gave it to someone else. Okay. So both twins had the exact same action. Are they going to have the exact same reward? No, you, no. Twin What's, two will have double the reward. So twin, so twin one is getting. Uh, let's make it orange. Twin one is getting rewarded for the five dollars, and done. Twin two is getting rewarded for the five dollars and for inspiring that person to give the two fifty. But their intention was the same. Same intention. <laughs> everything was the same from the perspective of giving. And yet the the second person is getting more reward because of the results. Then is that when in the day of judgment, is that when Allah's mercy, will he then even even it out? Um, What what is there that needs to be evened out? This person is getting reward. This person is getting reward. 
But Twin Two is getting double the reward for the same action. Yeah. They both. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Is okay. Twin One being treated unjustly? Twin One isn't being treated unjustly. But they could or, or about to say something. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm like thinking Twin <laughs> One. Both they both had the same intention, but they can't control what they do. They can't. Well, they can control the consequence, right? So even if we're looking from a free will predestination, let's say, you know, I am the one who decided I am going to give this person five dollars. Okay. Another person who looks exactly like me gives and is in the same situation gives that other person five dollars, but that other person, for whatever reason, in their free will, chose to be inspired and then give, you know, part of their money away. What if Twin Two used that money for drugs? Okay, let's say Twin Two, everything else is the same. It's food and food. They even go to, they both go to Subway. They both get a veggie sub and they're like totally nourished or whatever. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go for it. This is Santiago also. Yeah, it, it, it's Santiago. So is it Twin One's fault that he was not inspiring enough to his... As no, there's, there's no punishment in this scenario at all. But isn't less reward like a punishment? Why would that be? Why would that be? How could that possibly be a punishment? Well, I don't know, but it's just not... I feel like, I feel like it's not fair for you to get less and someone to get more because of something that's out of your control. Mm-hmm. But isn't that the case of how reality operates? So we have, so think of a completely different picture. Would it be the case that, um, I mean, it could also be like you gave, you, did, you, you, you gave away your money, right? And you, you hoped that they were going to buy some like food or like some good, do something good with it. And then they ended up like buying like crack cocaine or something, you know, like, Five dollars, yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep going. yeah. They like, you know, they, they buy drugs. Okay. So like, you wouldn't get punished for what they do, right? So you wouldn't okay. get rewarded for what they do with the money either. Okay, so so let's let's run with this. Tell me, uh, tell me what you all think. So instead of food, we'll go with with Sana's example. Okay, this person comes to me for help. I give them five dollars, and then they used to buy crack. Okay, this person uh, is given $5 and they use it to buy crack, but they still give two, uh, they give 250 away and that person uses it to buy crack. Okay, uh, what's gonna happen 21 and 22? <laughs> what did you say, Ruby? This is a demented conversation. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. I like going for like the the worst, you know, bizarro extremes. I think both twins will have the same reward. Okay, uh, twin number one will have will be rewarded or punished. Which one? So Neither twin will one. Be the intention is for this person to buy food. Yeah, uh, but I, the guy uses it for crack. Okay, I think neither neither of them will be punished. They will okay. be rewarded for giving the five. They're but, both going to be rewarded. So far, right. so good. Keep going. Yep. Um, and twin two, although the guy gave two fifty to another person to buy crack, mm -hmm. um, 
uh, Twin Two is not going to be punished for that, neither rewarded. Okay, so let's say uh, in the case, uh, so there it seems like it worked so far, yeah. But what if this second person wanted to buy, uh, 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 wanted to give two fifty away because they felt so guilty that they're going to spend it on crack, and so they give it away to someone else? Let's change it from crack to. So let's say they give two fifty away, inspired by the gift, okay? hoping that this person will use it to buy food, and so then this person instead hires a hitman. Okay, okay, but the intention was to give two fifty for food. Should twin two be rewarded? Yes. I feel like they both should be rewarded. They're, they're rewarded for their actions, like their mm-hmm. intentions, and not for what the other person does with mm-hmm. whatever they gave. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm intending to give this person money for the purpose of buying food. Let's say they even say, yeah, I'm going to buy food with it. Uh, I'm getting rewarded, you know, for the $5. Twin number two, just like our first scenario, is getting rewarded for the $5 and getting rewarded for this next 250 I know this is a conversation about money, but I feel like that's like us being born with different capabilities. I, feel, uh-huh. I mean, what comes to mind is like how Allah like sustains or provides from where we don't anticipate. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. how to reconcile that, but I know on one hand, there's a, like it, it can feel like unfair for people. Mm-hmm. Allah controls what people have. Yeah. But I think I mean, the ultimate, I think it's like what you do with what you have. I yeah. don't know. That's, I mean, that's what we're saying is a founding principle here, that Allah has the freedom to give and withhold as he pleases. And so if we change this, let's say we have two people. We have this one person who is raised among believers and everybody is upright. Statistically, this person is probably going to grow up and be upright. But we have many, many examples throughout human history where this person turns sour. Okay. And now we have a second person who is raised uh, among a bunch of corrupt people. And statistically, this person is probably going to be corrupt. And the first uh, thing to accept, which might seem unfair, is Allah is free to give to whomever he wills, as much as or as little. So he's given person scenario one, a case where everyone is upright. Person number two, everyone's corrupt. Now... In that case, uh, it seems like the upright person has an upper hand, potentially, even in terms of of their afterlife. But in that case, however, if person number one turns corrupt, they're probably going to have worse time in in the afterlife than person number two. Because they had the opportunity to be upright. Or if person number two, if they both become upright, person number two might get a higher reward because they had to have, they had a more upstream uh, uh, journey. Just like, for example, we're taught that you have two people that are, that are reciting the Quran. One person is reciting is getting rewarded for every single letter. The second person does it with difficulty. Maybe they're not a native Arab. They get double reward. So we do have a lot of things that, that sort of seem to equalize things. But in this case, we're talking about two people with the exact same uh, uh, everything. And still, Allah Ta'ala is not withholding anything from the first person. So let's say twin number two, number one sees, oh man, 
that person's going to get more reward. Twin number one also gets inspired. Twin number one, in the spirit of good competition, decides. Good. Okay, well, if, if my brother is getting more reward, I'm going to start giving another $5 again. Good. So who's getting rewarded for this? Twin two and twin one. Twin two and twin one are getting rewarded for this. Okay. And so don't look at this in terms of anyone getting punished for having less reward. It's reward upon reward upon reward. And then some people complain to the prophet, peace be upon him, saying, okay, look at these people who are rich, you know, who have all this money to give away. Good. And we don't have any, any money. Good. And so the prophet says, peace be upon him, if you recite subhanallah and alhamdulillah and allahu akbar on a regular basis, that will propel you uh, very, very high. Meaning there's other things that, there are many, many different doors for increased reward. But the most basic point I want each of us to consider is that in this scenario, this is not unfair. It's just that Allah Ta'ala seems to be giving more mercy to this person. Right. Yeah. Or Allah Ta'ala is um, giving more reward, but paradise is going to be, you know, mind-bogglingly beyond comprehension. Okay, so far so good. So what I else to take? Yeah, go for it. Can you consolidate this with the perspective that Allah is only judging us based on our intentions? Because it seems like in this example, he's evaluating us based on our consequences. So he is judging us based on our intentions, but he's rewarding us based on consequences as well. So is that to say that judgment does not imply punishment or reward? Uh, because I, I feel say, like they're this, I feel like to judge somebody means to evaluate them, which is to either say good or bad, i.e. punishment or reward. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Think, I mean, um, so think of it from the perspective of when we spoke of master of the day of judgment in the in the in the first surah and that specific use maliki yomadin you know i said it's not judgment it's exchange it's interaction and so you're essentially getting whatever you earn and you're paying whatever you have to pay so think of it as a day of accounting oh i see right there is an element that is also judgment but uh, the overall default seems to be one of a day of accounting. Make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, everybody still with me so far? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, go for it, Dominion. Yeah, so, uh, okay, God's justice. Is that a bare minimum that God imposes upon himself to meet? Uh, I wanna say yes. Uh, uh, explain, ex uh, uh, expand on your question, but I want to say yes. That is, he will not be unjust. There were there were parts in the Quran that I read that he that he said he will not he will not do any wrong. There would yeah, there would not be any wrong, not as much even as say the crown of a date or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So everyone is going to get at least justice or better. Okay. Okay. So far, so good. Meaning no one is going to get less than what they earn. Yeah, I, I do have a controversial thought. 
Um, Go for it. I experiment. might postpone it to later, but but share it. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> so if you go back to the slide with the with the mercy and justice, um, yes. So God is controlling. So the predestination. I am being Allah's will. Yes. Um, yeah. Is that also true for say? Well, that's true for everyone, right? So the hereafter is not only mercy for those who are being who are being Allah's will. It's also well, justice also well, punishment is also justice, isn't it? Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, but then Hitler is being Allah's will. Can mm -hmm. we say that? Yeah, of course. <sighs> All right. So then, so then, is it just that Hitler is being punished for being Allah's will? So that would get into this next part right here. It's okay. whatever it is to whomever it is, Allah chooses to give mercy. Okay. Which could be zero mercy. <laughs> yeah. That sucks yeah. really. Okay. So, <clears throat> but so, so far everyone's, everyone is, has kept up. Yeah. Everything seems to make sense. And what are we taking from this? The green is my free will. <clears throat> the red is what is someone else's free will. Which means what? The green is my free will, but from my perspective, the red is Allah's predestination. See what we're saying? If we stay, if we look from like an objective sense, uh, the people in red and the people in green are exercising their free will. But if we're looking from my subjective perspective, I'm giving this person $5. Okay, that I'm making a choice to do. Everything that else that else that happens is predestination. So what we're seeing here is from a subjective perspective. So this is me and the rest of the world. This means, uh, let's put this. Um, I have free will. The rest of the world is predestined. But me choosing, uh, uh, oh my, but me choosing to give the five dollars is already predestined as well. Okay from an objective perspective but me within my own head i'm the one who's making the choice okay. so i'm saying uh don't look from outside of your head i'm saying stay within your head and your choices so like right now i'm choosing to make this pen go like this yeah from your perspective i'm predestined to do this right from my perspective i'm choosing make sense yeah. yeah, but ultimately, <laughs> there is no choice, though. That's well. I mean, it doesn't matter what's happening in my head. I would suggest it's, it's the other way around. That it doesn't matter if it's predestined. I'm the one who's making my choices. Okay, mm. Give it a moment, because I'm the one who's living in my head the entirety of my lifetime. 
Yeah. Um, I have then, a or just to, just to finish the point, then on the day of judgment, when I'm standing before Allah, I'm still in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. And when I am watching my accounting, it's the result of my free will. When I am watching someone else's accounting, from my perspective, it's pre-written. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, do we need? Yeah, so my roommate and I, we have raging debates about this subject, right? Okay. Um, he has called me a polytheist because I, <laughs> this is true, I, um, I affirm the position of free will, right? Okay. Um, and he chops me down with this reasoning. He says, God is all powerful, right? That means he has, he has all power. If okay. you're free, then you have power to choose. That means that you have some power that God okay. does not control. Uh, to have some power that God does not control is another God. Therefore, I'm affirming polytheism. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a gigantic leap of logic that I don't agree with. Yeah, I don't like his premise that this part, this part of power that is, that is not being controlled by God is another God. I don't yeah. think I agree with that. You probably don't like being called a polytheist either. But yeah. No, I don't like being called a polytheist. Um, but nonetheless, my question is... Uh, so, okay, um, everything is in control of God, but who is the subject? Like, who's the I that's being referenced whenever you say, I am making these choices, right? So, so, in, so what we're saying here is if dominion is speaking, dominion has free will from dominion's perspective. Mm-hmm. From dominion's perspective, everybody else is pre-written. Right. If we shift the eye to, to Mehlaka, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Oh, From oh, her oh, perspective, she has free will. From her perspective, everything else is pre-written. Okay. At the same time. So my roommate might agree with you, right? He said that... Um, that the consciousness or the egos are created things okay. or are created experiences. Mm-hmm. So in substituting, my, in substituting the term I for my name or in substituting the term I for Malaka, I believe her name is, mm-hmm. um, are you affirming that, that, uh, that, that the I or the ego are created experiences from God? I mean, it works. Uh, I don't think it's limited to that. Okay. Okay. No. Okay, uh, everybody here so far is so good still? If we were to somehow look from the Allah perspective, if that's possible, then yeah, everything is as Allah has willed it. Allah becomes the I. Mm. And in his free will, he has pre-written everything. Good. Um, one more question, I'm sorry. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, so... Is there a difference between willing a thing versus acting a thing? Uh, I think it depends upon specifically what we're talking about. Can you give me an example? Um, that, uh, that God wills the sun and the moon to follow in cycles uh, and versus, uh, versus I took action to press my accelerator to go faster. Okay, so, so I would say there we can't make an analogy. 
Okay. Okay. Because we don't know how Allah does things, right? Yeah. So we're taught He only says be and it happens. Right. But what does that even mean? Yeah. No idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so now we're getting uh, uh, we're now we're sort of completing the theoretical aspect of free will predestination, but think of the consequences of this. If I'm saying I have choice, I'm saying I'm responsible for my choices. Okay. And however, what you do as a result of my choice will also you know potentially benefit me. So what is the system that the whole system that Allah Ta'ala has has sort of set up for us? You have Because uh, we still haven't even gotten to like the, the actual practical result. So we have intention We have action So let's say I have a good intention Okay and I do the, the action, what is the reward that I'm promised outside of special days like Ramadan? I'm promised I'm going to get 10 to 700 times the reward. Okay. Uh, if I have a good intention, but I'm not, uh, uh, I don't do the action for whatever reason. Okay. I decide not to. I get the reward of fulfilling the, I get the reward of the intention. If I have a bad intention, let's just change it to a different color just to help. Uh, so a bad intention essentially means what? That I'm doing something in disobedience to a law. If I have a bad intention and I do it, I get punished for one. Okay. Unless I'm inventing something and other people follow. Okay. So we're taught, you know, so Cain kills Abel. He invents murder. And so he is going to be having a share of every murder that happens forever. Okay. So whoever is the troll who invented cyberbullying. Okay. Look at how many people are nodding. <laughs> okay. Okay. If I intend something bad, but I choose not to do it, then I get a reward. So the promise, and so this is outside of special days, like in Ramadan, uh, the good gets multiplied beyond 700 times, meaning 700 times already, 700 times that. Yeah. That's why people do their zakat in Ramadan, right? It's not because this is just like the time of the year, it's because it's, it's like math maximum reward. So it looks like the deck is stacked way in the favor of good upon good upon good. And yet there's still going to be people who are going to go to hell. So, oh, oh. yeah, go for it. I was, I was going to ask, what if you have intentions to do something bad, but something good ends up coming out of it? 
you may potentially still get rewarded for that potentially okay yeah. you know think of that type of level as god is not really obliged to uh to reward you your intention was negative but you hope so. Meaning we have other things that are sort of related to what you're talking about. Suppose I'm doing a life of wrong, 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 and I straighten myself out. It may be that Allah will turn all those, all those wrongs into virtues. So the key point to think about what's consistent still from the beginning of Surah Al-Fatiha through now is that, the, is that everything is stacked still in the favor of mercy. Justice is the bare minimum, but the default seems to lean much more towards mercy. Good. Now, uh, we have a few minutes left, but let's start introducing practical consequences. In fact, wait, what time is it? Since we have so many people, let's save this till tomorrow. Okay. So tomorrow we have a couple of practical consequences, meaning everything I've given you is real, but it's sort of theoretical. And essentially, if I only took one thing away from this whole lecture, it's that as far as I'm concerned, I have free will. But then we're looking at this whole system of how it all fits in together. But tomorrow we're gonna to really look at, you know, what is the practical consequence of free will predestination and what is also the practical benefit of predestination as well. Okay, anybody have any questions? Uh, Team Hanin, is your head spinning or you, you all feel like you're okay? No, it's, it's spinning. Okay, 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 you just make sure. I have a question, it's Ruby. I have a question, I just wanna, I'm not trying to prolong the conversation or anything. Yeah, go for it. Do you, maybe you said this, I don't know, but do you believe that free will is part of Allah? Gave, uh, what does that mean? He gave us free will, that choice, because he gave us a mind to make choices. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like, so the I'm answer that because one of I, I'm sorry, I don't know who was talking. Yeah. He called him his friend Howard, or what's his friend's name? Called him something. Oh, polytheist. Yeah, and he said that if you if you're not if God doesn't control, then there's another God. Well. Maybe the perspective is, I, I'm just talking here, but yeah. perspective here, because I was intrigued by that, mm -hmm. <laughs> because maybe why couldn't you look at it as God gave us free will so that piece of control he allowed for us to choose mm -hmm. instead of him being in full control. You know what I'm, I'm saying? saying right? I'm saying, and yet he's in full control as well. Yeah, I, I just meant yeah. that it's not, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, from, from your perspective, you clearly have free will, right? You could, if you're on the computer or on the phone, you could take your phone or computer and throw it against the wall, you know, out of your choice, or you could choose not to do that. And so, so just to finish off the, the semi-theoretical aspect, what we're saying is that it is literally both. What my team lost? Yeah, sorry, man. I blame my teammates. Okay, <laughs> and that is your free will to do so. That's right. <laughs> hey, 
Anyone else have any other questions about anything at all? Can we go back to the slide with the Kofor Kafir Kafirun really quick, please? This one? Yes, thank you. Okay. So once again, Kafir is someone who is in a state of Kofor. So Kofor is a condition. And what do we say in the Quranic lens? It is you feel compelled to turn to Allah, but you suppress that compulsion. And then kafirun and kafar are two different types of plurals. Oh. Just like nabiyin means, you know, prophets plural, anbiya would be many, many prophets. So that's like. Yes. No, I actually have different questions. <laughs> Um, in the beginning, when we were talking about uh, disbelief, when you were saying those who disbelieve, he will veil them. Yeah. Um, disbelief in what exactly? So those like, who have rejected Allah. Uh, as in like saying there is no God or rejected that he is an only God or... Yes, or yes. What about those that say there is a God, but they rejected like the religious institution behind it and just gnostic? Uh, potentially, it could be everything that is as a result of that. Meaning, okay, so what would be included in rejecting God? Rejecting whatever God is saying to do, rejecting whatever God is saying to believe in. But the core okay. of it is rejecting God. Okay, and then um, can or will the veil be lifted or is that like permanent thing? Because okay. it sounded more permanent. That's, that's a very important question. So, so here, when we're speaking about models, so these are models. And so what we're saying is that it is possible for in each of these to reach a point of no return. In true belief, you can reach a point of no return. In rejection of faith, you can reach a point of no return. In hypocrisy, you can reach a point of no return. Most people won't get to that level meaning the door for redemption is always open, but there are some people who will not be redeemed, as well as for the true believer, the doorway to fall is always potentially there too. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. Any other questions about anything at all? Uh, Omar, will there be a recording shared um, of this yeah. lesson? So so, so basically, after I finish these, it sometimes takes a while for, for the Zoom to, to process it, but uh, um, the, uh, where I put everything is uh, I was wondering, I wanted to make sure, is the answer both because and therefore? Uh, the answer is both because and therefore, yes. Okay. And, and to think about it further, there's passages in the Quran where Allah says he guides whomever he wills. And there's also passages that say he guides whomever wills to be guided. And the easiest way to reconcile that is to look through the lens of subjectivity as opposed to objectivity. Yeah, I recently graduated with a philosophy degree mm -hmm. and we, um, I'm all about being objective. Okay. I do, but I do have a question though. Yeah. Um, so, re oh, so you know what? I just actually lost all the whiteboards, so I'm sorry about that. But keep going. 
Yeah. So regarding predestination, would it be easier? So taking the position of, look, we have free will from our subjective experience. um, It's easier to take that position because our knowledge, according to the Quran, is extremely limited. And perhaps in God's knowledge, there is something there that would either afford to free will or afford to predestination. So I would suggest you the actual opposite of what you suggested. That start from what you can gather is concrete. Mm-hmm. And what's concrete is you have you make choices. Okay. Therefore, you have free will. Yeah, I like that. So. Okay. Any other questions about anything else? Yes. Go for it. Okay. So um, I remember the story when I was a little kid that I someone told us probably my mother um, about some lady going. To- <laughs> about some lady going to hedge and not being able to see the Kaaba. So is that lady at a point of no return? Because she did some sahir or she did something. I don't remember exactly. I just remember, magic. I just remember being told that she went to hedge and she couldn't see the Kaaba. Like she was going mad. looking, trying So to- she's standing there in front of the Kaaba and she can't see the Kaaba? Yes. Yeah, she she used to the lady um would when people die like she, I think she was the person that clean, like cleans them so she would put black magic in their um body before they were buried. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so, so we are taught that if you engage in black magic you're basically giving up your hereafter. No, I'm asking. This story's true. <laughs> I've never heard that story before. I mean, is it possible that there's a one person in the entire history of the world who did that? Yeah, probably. But I've never heard the story before. Anybody else ever hear the story? Can, can anyone confirm? Okay, but if somebody does such... Okay, yeah, so, so Judd Jad is saying he heard the same story. Who did? So, Judd, who's in this class. Maybe it's a Palestinian thing, though. I was going to say, are they Arab? Yeah. yeah. I'll unmute myself for this. I actually heard the same story. Um, it was like a I don't remember what it was, but it was like an imam addressing, stuff, like on a on a TV show, pretty much. And he was talking. It was somebody called in saying that exact same story, and I remember watching it like with my my jaw dropped and everything. It was kind of crazy. But, uh, right, my I feel like I heard the story too. So yeah. it looks like this is a popular story. I've never heard the story. It was a it was on a Pakistani uh, TV oh, show. Yep. Okay, so so it's basically it's a TV story. <laughs> Maybe it was just a lesson they made up to scare us when we were kids. Did it work? <laughs> Seems pretty real to me. So, well, this this is interesting. So like, I know that there are some cultures where their history and their heritage do practice some forms of black mas- magic, right? Yeah, um, black magic you find pretty much in every single culture, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So have they given up their <laughs> have they given up their hair after? Because I it's 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 to my assumption that God have sent messages to all communities. So so this would come down to what knowledge does a person have available to them, meaning God will not be unfair. Mm. And so if a person knows the choice, this is, so this is basically around Ayah 102 in the same surah, uh, might be 106, but basically uh, it's sort of like if I'm choosing between faith and black magic, and I choose black magic, then I'm potentially giving up my salvation. Yikes. Yeah. But suppose that's all I know. That would be a different situation. Cool. Any other questions about anything at all?
Yeah, are you going to give us examples later on of a point of no return? Uh, like real people? <laughs> no, just actions, I guess. Uh, real people would be interesting too. I mean, so the Pharaoh would be an example of someone like that who reached a point of no return. Abu Lahab would be another example of someone who reached a point of no return. Oh, wait. Um, so, okay. Well, Moses' story, right? The sorcerers that cast down their sticks and their sticks got ate by the real snake. They turned towards God. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So That's a very good example. Okay, then, yeah. Well, if we equate sorcery with black magic. Yeah. Right? And that'd be a very good example of people who then turn back to Allah and then we're forgiven, inshallah, as opposed to the Pharaoh himself. So. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Any other questions? Sorry for everyone who we've kept you way, way over time. I had a feeling the discussion was, was going to go long. All righty. We'll stop right here then, inshallah. We'll continue the same time tomorrow, and we'll get into the practical aspects of free will and predestination, inshallah. Alrighty, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma glory to you, O Allah, wa bihamdika, praise and gratitude to you. Nashadu illa ilaha illa anta, we bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka wa seek your forgiveness wa natubu ilayk and we turn to you. Okay, may Allah ta'ala bless you all, may Allah ta'ala reward you all, inshallah, and we'll continue next time. Okay. Thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum.